Hey, hey, you are listening to JC Talks, a podcast about life, leadership, and human flourishing. My guiding philosophy is simple. What you can be, you must be Abraham Maslow. We're going to talk about that today. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live an all-in life, be an all-in leader, and lead all-in teams and organizations. I'm your host, JC Hurtado Prey to yours truly, and I'm so grateful you joined me for a few moments on the podcast today. I want you to stay with me today. I'm so excited about this episode of JC Talks. Normally on Fridays when we do a podcast, I try to ramp it down a little bit just because of the fact that it's a Friday and who wants to listen to a podcast on a Friday, but I'm not going to do that today. We're going to go full board because next week we're getting into what's called the science of success. And so uh, I can't really pick this up on Monday. So we got to dive into this and talk about it. But I'm really excited about this because we're going to meld two different ideas together today. Okay, so I want you to stay with me on this podcast because this is really important for you to understand on your own process of becoming, uh, reaching your full and highest potential, right? What you can be, you must be, right? So I, I want that for you. I want that for myself. And, and so much of this has to do with this idea of creative destruction. This is such a phenomenal mental model, a phenomenal way of thinking, a phenomenal way of looking uh, for you, for your team for your organization, for your business, for your community. This is important for all of us to understand this idea of creative tension. So, or or, excuse me, creative destruction. Okay. So here's what I want to do today. We're actually going to read from Maslow's book called A Theory of Human Motivation. You can also download it as a PDF for free. uh, So you can do that. Uh, So I'm going to read a little something to you from Maslow. And, um, And then I want to get into this idea of creative destruction. We're going to be on the website Investopedia. And I want to get into this idea of creative destruction and look at that as well. As we talk about this idea, and and I got to be honest with you, I don't even know where we're going to go today. I have no outline. Normally, I don't have an outline for these podcasts, but today I really don't. But let's just kind of walk this journey together and let's see where it goes. But I know that these two things we're going to talk about today, uh, Maslow, And this idea of creative destruction, they go hand in hand to helping us reach our full and highest potential. So here we go. Human. So I'm reading from Maslow right now. Human needs arrange themselves in hierarchies of prepotency. That is to say, the appearance of one need usually rests upon the prior satisfaction of another more potent need. Watch the sentence right here. Man is a perpetually wanting animal. Also, no need or drive can be treated as if it were isolated or discreet. Every drive is related to the state of satisfaction or dissatisfaction of other drives. It's all interconnected. Okay. So here's what's important about that. When you solve one need, another need pops up. This is how it works to be a human being. This is why there is no such thing as being content in life. There's no such thing as contentment in life. I believe in gratitude. I believe in climbing the mountain. I believe in uh, thankfulness for the things and people around us. Always, always, in every minute, thankfulness. I'm a person of faith, and my Christian faith talks about that. In all things, give thanks. It doesn't necessarily say for all things. That's a whole nother thing to talk about. Maybe we'll talk about that around Thanksgiving, but in all things, give thanks. I absolutely, I absolutely believe that. 
But this idea of contentment, and I've talked about this with people in my life, this idea of people who, uh, you know, push for contentment. And I get passionate about this because in my own life, I've heard people talk about this and talk about this over and over. Hey, JC, be content. Slow down. When can you just be happy with what you have right in front of you? Never. Never going to happen. Ever. Ever. Why? Because human nature is not meant to be that way. Maslow talks about this. Man is perpetually, man is a perpetually wanting animal. We consistently want. We tend to think that we're different from the animals and humans. You know, think about a tiger. Think about a lion. Think about an animal out there in the wild. They don't ever go out and hunt and capture and then go sit somewhere on the mountain and say, ah, that's it. I can be content now. No, it doesn't happen. Why? Because 24 hours later or however long it takes, they're going to be hungry again. And so they got to go back out and they've got to they've got to go kill and hunt. They've got to go hunt and kill so they can eat again and take care of the little pups and all that kind of stuff. It's just how it works. There's no such thing as contentment. Now, gratitude, and that's a whole other podcast. I absolutely believe in that, that as you're making the climb to stop every now and then and look at the people, circumstances around you and say thank you and to have a, a mindset of gratitude. But this idea of being content. I'm not buying it. Let's keep reading Maslow here. I'm going to move to the right page. Here we go. Uh, Even if all these needs are satisfied. So now it's talking about the need for self-actualization. So he climbs up. If if you read this before, he climbs up that ladder. He climbs up the stair steps there of the needs of the needs of hierarchy. And now we're at the need for self-actualization. Here's what he said. Even if all these needs are satisfied, We may still often, if not always, expect that a new discontent and restlessness will soon develop. That is important for us to understand. Unless the individual is doing what he is fitted for, unless the individual is doing. So the only way you don't have uh, greater needs and you lose the this this mindset of contentment is when you finally reach this level where you're doing exactly what you are meant to do in life. Now, watch this. It's one of the greatest sentences of all time. A musician must make music. An artist must paint. A poet must write if he is to be ultimately happy. If he or she is to be ultimately happy, happy. what a man can be, he must be. What a woman can be, she must be. I'm adding that in there. This need we may call self-actualization. This term, first coined by Kurt Goldstein, is being used in this paper in a much more specific and limited fashion. It refers to the desire for self-fulfillment. We all have that. You have that. I have that. It doesn't go away. Namely, to the tendency for him to become actualized in what he is potentially. This tendency might be phrased as the desire to become more and more of what one is to become everything that one is capable of becoming. I will stake my life on these two paragraphs right here. To become more and more of what one already is. This is the process of reaching one's full and highest potential. And I've had to learn this the hard way. It's not trying to become somebody else. It's figuring out who you are. It's figuring out what your company is, what your product is, what your service is, what your team is, and becoming more of that. And yes, we need to have a vision. And yes, we need to benchmark. All those things are important in our personal lives and professional lives, our leadership lives. But we have to understand that we are always on this process. You, all of us, your team, your organization, to becoming everything that one is capable 
of becoming. Now, now let's move to this idea of creative destruction. I'm on the website, investopedia.com. And here's what it has to say. Creative destruction is the dismantling of longstanding practices in order to make way for innovation and is seen as a driving force in capitalism. It is, okay? Get rid of the old, okay? And make way for the new innovation, 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 okay? So let's move further and let's understand this idea of creative destruction. The term creative destruction was first coined, uh, excuse me, first coined by Austrian economist uh, Joseph Schumpeter in 1942. Schumpeter characterized creative destruction as innovations in the manufacturing process that increase productivity, describing it as the process of industrial mutation that incessantly revolutionizes the economic structure from within, incessantly destroying the old, incessantly creating a new one. We talked about this the other day an isolated system, a closed system, an open system. You are incessantly in an open system, and this is what we're trying to be. An open system, this is where you're making the move to become your full and highest potential. But it means this, creative destruction, incessantly destroying the old, incessantly creating the new. I love that. Incessantly, it means consistently, always doing it. You're always destroying the old. Every single day, an organization should be looking at, what do we need to be getting rid of today? And having the same conversation, what do we need to be uh, bringing into the organization today? What new is out there? New information, new product, new services. Basically, the theory of creative destruction assumes that longstanding arrangements and assumptions must be destroyed to free up resources and energy to be deployed for innovation. To Schumpeter, economic development is the natural result of forces internal to the market and is created by the opportunity to seek profit. Creative destruction theory treats economics as an organic and dynamic process. This stands in stark contrast with the, stat- with, excuse me, with the static mathematical models of traditional Cambridge tradition economics. Equilibrium is no longer the end goal of market processes. Instead, many fluctuating dynamics are constantly reshaped or replaced by innovation and competition. As is implied by the word destruction, the process inevitably results in losers and winners. And this is what some people don't like, but this is what the capitalist system is. Some people win and some people lose. The goal is to be on the winning side. And and I would say this, some people win, some people lose. Sometimes people win, sometimes other people lose, right? So in a capitalist system, you don't always have to be a loser. You may lose on this deal. You may lose uh, on this product. You may lose at this period of time, but maybe 10 years from now, or maybe on the next deal, on the next product, the next innovation, you could win. So that's how the capitalist system works. It's always moving, always going up and down, right? At the needs of the consumers. So it's always having your ear to the ground. What is it that the consumers want? Filling in those gaps, adding value, as much value as possible, creating mutual benefit, right? Cycles of mutual benefit. All of this leads us into this idea of profit and making money. But yes, there will be times that you will lose and there will be times that other people will lose as well. That's part of the system. And this is why a lot of people do not like capitalism, okay? Producers and workers committed to the older technology will be left stranded. We see this today. Entrepreneurs and workers in new technologies, meanwhile, will inevitably create disequilibrium and highlight new profit opportunities. 
In describing creative destruction, Schumpeter was not necessarily endorsing it. In fact, his work is considered to be heavily influenced by the Communist Manifesto. I didn't even know this. I'm learning something new as I'm reading this today. The pamphlet by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels, uh, which decried the, the bourgeois uh, for the constant revolutionizing of production and uninterrupted disturbance of all social conditions. So what he was actually saying, he just put a name to it. Uh, he wasn't necessarily promoting it. He just said that this is what this is. Um, and he was putting a name to, you know, kind of a capitalist movement, which there's so much change happening, consistent change. And that's probably something we should talk about. How much change is necessary? How much change is too much? In what context is change, consistent change, uh, more appropriate than other contexts? That, that, that's probably something we could talk about. And then uh, real quick before we, you know, jump out of this article, let me give you um, some examples of creative destruction. Examples of creative destruction in history include Henry Ford's assembly line and how it revolutionized the automobile manufacturing industry. However, it also displaced older markets and forced many laborers out of work. And we see this all the time. New, new ways of doing things come into the market and we resist them. Why? Because it's going to put people out of work. But at the same time, it creates something brand new that, again, what would we do without the assembly, you know, assembly line today? We're still using it today. The Internet is perhaps the most all-encompassing example of creative destruction where the losers were not only retail clerks and their employers, but also bank tellers, secretaries, travel agents. The mobile internet added many more losers from taxi cab drivers to map makers. Can you, know, can you understand? Imagine 20 years ago, your retail clerk, your bank teller, your secretary, your travel agent, taxi cab driver, map maker. You may be thinking this job's going nowhere. We'll always need cab drivers. And we always do. But innovation, it wasn't getting rid of cabs. It was saying, let's put the power in the, in the people's hands. That's what this whole process has been. This whole process is moving towards, see, if, if you're thinking about leadership and you're thinking about business, how to have success today is how, the way you need to be thinking is simply this. How do I move the power from myself into the hands of the people? That's what this idea of empowerment is about. How do we take the power that used to be controlled at the top and move it to the hands of the people? And, and, and you see that with retail clerks. Now I can do it. I, with a push of a button, I can order my groceries, my clothes, anything I want, and it shows up at my house. Bank teller. Why do I need a bank teller? I haven't been in a bank in years. In years. I do it all online. I've got my, my checks now coming online. I get to pay all my bills online. Why do I need to go and you know to a bank? Now I know that some people do. But I, I don't need to. Secretaries, you've got these virtual assistants now. People can just do all, everything online. And you just send your request to them and they get the work done. And you, half the times you don't even ha ever have to see them, right? Travel agents, oh my goodness. Oh, and I remember hearing years ago, and this was in a smaller town, I think it was back in my hometown, um, one of the people who was the, the normal travel agent, I remember hearing them saying something, you know, like, you know, ah, People will always want to come in and provide the service that I have to offer. Not anymore, because now you know what I can do. I can open up five windows at a time and I can compare prices. When I went to Key West last year and I was trying to find the best deal so I could save money, uh, I had I think I had like nine windows open on hotels and I and I found the hotel I wanted. But there were three other places selling rooms to that hotel. 
uh, that would have cost me probably $150, $200 more. I found this random little site over here and I had to do, I mean, I'll be honest with you, probably wasn't the safest thing I did. Uh, you know, my, my credit card actually declined it because it said it didn't recognize the business. So I don't know how smart that was of me to do that, but, but I found it and it saved me about 150 to 200 bucks on the same exact room. Right. So why do I need to go through uh, the travel agent to do that? Because now the power is in my own hands. Right. Taxi cab drivers, map makers. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine being a map maker? You know, 20, 30 years ago, it may have been a good business, you know, uh, unless they went online and started selling their products to places like iPhone and that kind of stuff is not working. Again, this is what creative destruction is. There are winners and losers. And it doesn't necessarily mean that our basic needs change, you know, change. We've always needed maps and maps go all the way back hundreds of thousands of years back. But now there's just a new way of doing it. See, this is what innovation is. It's not necessarily, you know, creating something new. You know, it's like that saying, there's nothing new under the sun, but it's new ways of looking at it, right? That's what this is, right? So the, so the internet was really probably one of the greatest examples of creative destruction. The winners beyond the obvious examples of programmers might be just as numerous. The entertainment industry was turned upside down by the internet, but its need for creative talent and product remains the same or greater. So as I'm saying, you know, the, you know, producing music didn't go away. Creating music didn't go away. Um, but now it, the power got taken outside of the hands of the record companies. And, and obviously, you know, a lot of singers still want to get that record contract because there's a lot of benefits to having a recording contract. But today you look at people like Justin Bieber and how did he get started? He didn't have any, but he had, it was YouTube. And I think he had a really good mom. I, that's my understanding that, that, that really kind of helped to push him and help create some opportunities for him. And obviously he met Usher and that helped as well. But all that started on YouTube, all of it started online, right? So it says the entertainment industry was turned upside down by the internet, but its need for creative talent and product remains the same or greater. The internet destroyed many small businesses, but created new online ones. And so again, going back, if someone had a mom and pop store, you know, store, well, people will always come into my store. No, probably not. At first it happened. I remember when Amazon first came out and I said, I'm never doing that. That's the stupidest thing. Who doesn't want to go? Who doesn't want to go into a bookstore? Right. Like I just want to go to Barnes and Nobles 24 seven. I loved going there. You'd go there, you get a little coffee and you, you go sit in those big, comfortable chairs. And you could read all night and you could, you know, you could experiment the books. You just be around it. And sometimes I wouldn't even buy a book. I didn't have to. And uh, but then I used Amazon one time. And I was like, oh, I saved money. Number one. And number two, it was convenience. Right. It came straight to my home. I didn't have to do anything. And because I saved the money, I could go buy another book. So I didn't have to sit and read a whole bunch of books at the store. And now I could just, I just get them shipped to my house. And if I didn't like it, I could return it, right? Uh, so we've seen that happen. The point, as Schumpeter noted, is that an evolutionary process rewards improvements and innovation and punishes less efficient ways of organizing resources. The trend line is towards progress, growth, and higher standards of living overall. So this is important for all of us. So going back to what we said earlier. Man is a per, man is a let me make sure I'm reading this right. Man is a perpetually wanting animal. Am I reading that right? Yes, man is a perpetually wanting animal. Okay. The goal is the, the desire should be to become more and more of what one is. That's for you, that's for your team, it's for your organization to become everything that one is capable of becoming. How do you do that? Creative destruction is the answer. Creative destruction is the answer. Creative. You've got to consistently be renewing, getting rid of the old. So the question I want to leave you with this today. In, in this mindset 
of creative destruction, this mindset of reaching your full and highest potential. What is it that you need to bring new into your life? What is it or who is it that you need to get rid of? Now for your team, what is it or who is it on your team that you need to bring in new? What is it, who is it on your team that you need to get rid of or renew or demand to say, hey, you have to change. I'm giving you six months. Your mindset has to change. Who you are has to change. You've got to start bringing something valuable to the table or you will be gone because we are moving forward. That's what a leader does. It's hard. It's hard to have that conversation. Number three, for your organization, what new thing or person needs to be brought on to help you reach your full and highest potential. What old thing or person needs to be uh, gone in order for you to reach your full and highest potential? Or again, give them a chance to renew themselves, to have a new mindset. And if they can't, they got to go. And that's, it's awful. It's, it's sad to say that because we don't want that, right? That's nobody wants that. But at the same time, this is how progress happens. This is how progress happens. This is how progress happens. Okay. So that's all I got for us today. I I just, as you can tell, I love this idea of creative destruction. I think it's very important for you. It's important for me. It's important for all of us, right? If you are on a journey to reach your full and highest potential, if you're not, this is not the podcast for you. This podcast is for people trying to live an all in life become all-in leaders and lead all-in teams and organizations. Thank you so much for listening. I'm excited about next week. We're going to dive into this book, The Science of Success by Charles Koch. And uh, so join me here, JC Talks Leadership Podcast. I will talk to you. I will see you. I guess I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll see you on the next episode of the podcast. Have a great weekend. See you soon. Take care. 